Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys and gals, welcome into another winner's edition of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. You heard the victory march. You know what that means. We made Saturday count. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it until they're sold out of all their shirts. Go to SaturdaysCount.com, enter promo code ND5, get 40% off your entire order. Go there. Get it. I know we got USC coming up. We got to make that Saturday count. Hurry up. Fast track your only so many Saturdays. Make them count shirt. Be ready to rock and roll. So I got to leave with that because my goodness gracious, did we make senior day and Saturday count. And we will get there. But you know how I do this. Got to do a little college football roundup and find my worst offense of the week. I may not have had to look very far. Just saying. But there were some interesting scores. Uh, Navy beat UCF. So obviously UCF should stop playing Navy just altogether. Why even bother? But Navy pulls off the win. That really put a wrinkle in uh, UCF's plans of making the New Year's Six and whatnot. I think Tulane is in the driver's seat for that now. Um, but uh, that doesn't... We'll have to see what happens this weekend before we start talking Notre Dame New Year's Six. I keep hearing it's uh, virtually impossible. But, hey, good for Tulane if they go. Cool beans, man. I like the, I like the color scheme. The green wave. Very cool. Um, Michigan narrowly escapes Illinois last second field goal. Michigan is not that good. Like, they really aren't. They Their stats look good. But then they play teams that are, are remotely good, and they don't look awesome. So Ohio State-Michigan should be interesting. Um, I do think Ohio State wins. I'd like for them to win big. Just because, you know, fuck Michigan. Like, that's, that's kind of number one, isn't it? Uh, TCU escaped Baylor, so TCU still in the driver's seat to get a CFP spot, and that was insanity. If you watch the end of that game, it was it's crazy. They had to just run the field unit out, just line up exactly where you, no walking it off, or the kicker just line it up, and there was no chip shot. It was like a forty or forty-one yarder, but he nailed it. Good on them, TCU. I, that would be fun. See, that's a team you can. You know, like, hey, go crash the party, man. Last year, I wasn't so much with the Cincinnati because the reason they were able to crash the party is because we effed it up. But TCU, man, go go get them. Go do it. Um, SEC had Cupcake Week. 
So they thought. Uh, Alabama beats Austin P. Of course you did. Uh, where, where's the other? Uh, Georgia had a little, little fun with Kentucky. That was a little too close for comfort for them, I believe. Um, where is it? <laughs> Tennessee thought they had an easy one with South Carolina. Uh, they did not. Uh, South Carolina won 63 to 38 and blew the doors off. That was unexpected to say the least. But some expected results Clemson 40 to 10 over Miami, Penn State 55 10 over Rutgers. Uh, I skipped one. Uh, Oregon State beat Arizona State, Kansas State beat West Virginia. Usual suspects. Um, but then the uh, LSU beat UAB 41 10. God bless it if they make a playoff. Washington blew out Colorado. But there were some good games. Oregon narrowly escapes Utah. I don't know what that means. Like, Utah and Oregon are playing. I, I don't know what they're playing for because I quite honestly don't really care. Something with the Pac-12. It's a conference thing. I don't know nothing about it. It's conference stuff. We don't know conference stuff. What we do know, though, if we were in a conference, and let's just say, for example, it were the ACC, we'd have uh, 28 consecutive wins, and we're like 41-7 and seven since this whole agreement came into to play. So that's cool, right? I mean, that's a thing. Uh, speaking of ACC... Louisville beat North Carolina State, so North Carolina State, I guess, isn't very good, but they don't have their quarterback, Devin Leary, who's rumored to potentially be a transfer. That might be a good target for Notre Dame. We shall see. But Louisville beat North Carolina State. But one game that I wasn't thrilled to see, only because it just, let's say it weakens Notre Dame's story, but Georgia Tech beat North Carolina, and North Carolina just didn't look good. Drake May didn't look good. Drake May threw for 202 yards and one pick. No touchdowns. That was it. Whole stat line. Uh, yeah, it's just, that's kind of disappointing. I was, just, I was just hoping that the only teams Clemson, North Carolina would have lost to entering the ACC championship game would have been Notre Dame. So... It still doesn't make us not the de facto ACC champs. I'm just saying. You know. Uh, USC escapes UCLA. But actually, you know, I, I saw some stuff. Do you, you root for USC in this spot? Do you not because it's USC? I want to be the team that ruins their season. I don't want UCLA to do it. So, and more importantly, if Notre Dame is able to do it, they're, that just one more angle that we could break into some big bowl game worth of crap. We'll see. But I will say, this is the weirdest Notre Dame team. I keep saying, they're so inconsistent, right? But And, and we'll have the USC preview coming tomorrow. All right? And I'm going to make this one as quick as I can. I have a 7-year-old waiting to play Madden with me. Um, Thanksgiving break, guys. Gotta love it. But this team, if we were nine and three, which we could potentially be, or forget the next week, we're eight and three, and the three losses happen to be Ohio State, Clemson, and say North Carolina. So that's the best other team, right? 
It's like, wow, it's Notre Dame. What do you expect? They beat all the cupcakes. Can't beat a team worth crap. However, we've played Ohio State closer than anybody has all season. We dominated North Carolina and absolutely dominated Clemson. Meanwhile, losing to Stanford and Marshall. So now you got this weird dynamic where no, like the people don't know what to say. They just learn like, Marshall, Marshall and Stanford. Yeah, but we also beat Clemson, and we played Ohio State better than anyone else this season. And North Carolina is not that bad, as it turns out. I know they just lost to Georgia Tech. I get it, but it's just this weird dynamic where it's not the same story. It very much kind of links into first year quarterback or uh, coaching bumps in the road, trying to figure it out. You know, I was never a big proponent of that because I'm like, look at our roster. We need year one stuff. Well, guess what? Year one stuff. I don't know. But USC beats UCLA, so they got that going for them. And damn it to hell, Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State. I was not hoping for that. Just because I wanted Oklahoma to not be bowl eligible. That would have been hilarious. I don't know if it would have happened because they still got Texas Tech. So even if they lost last week, they could beat Texas Tech this week and get there. But nonetheless, you know. But there's one game I skipped, and it's only because the statistical part of it made me laugh. I'm not. I've never seen this before. Okay, so oh, Arkansas loses. Sorry, Arkansas. Arkansas beats Ole Miss. So Ole Miss lost. Number 14 team in the country lost. And I was like, damn. And then you saw the Lane Kiffin stuff, the Auburn, whatever, right? But I was like, 42 to 27. I mean, it's a 15 point loss. Pretty convincing, you would think. Like, you look at the score, and it was, it was never really close. I mean, in the third quarter, it was 42 to 6. Arkansas was winning 42 to 6. It was 35 to 6 at the half. And. Almost got some got twenty one points in the fourth quarter, <clears throat> but you look at the stats and this is crazy. If I had told you there was a team that was seven of sixteen on third down, or uh, let me start from the top, had thirty two first downs, seven of sixteen on third down, which is a you know forty three percent success rate. That's Pretty good for third downs. Two of three on fourth down. Had 463 yards of offense. 8.7 yards a carry. Threw for another 240 for a grand total of 703 yards. Would you think they've won a football game? 32 first downs. 43% success rate on third down. Two of three on fourth down. 703 total yards. 463 rushing. And somehow that team lost by 15 points. And my first thought was, oh, they must have had like seven turnovers. No, they only had three. It was a weird thing. They they punted more than you would expect for a team with those kind of stats. And they did go out on downs a couple times. But it was, I've, ne- I've never, like, 700 yards and you lose? Are you kidding me? Like, how do you, 463 yards rushing? You outgained your opponent by 200 yards? I mean, they still, the other teams still had 503. But still, it just, 
That's wild to me. They did also, worth noting, have 12 penalties for 116 yards. But I just, that was crazy to me. I was like, oh, man, Ole Miss lost. And I just looking at the score, like, okay, they lost. They're like, wow, they were down 42-6. to six. They just look at the stats, and it's, that was crazy. You just got to wonder where, like, talking about empty numbers, migration. So, that's that. But, as I do, that's your that's your top 25. There you go. Um, tonight, we get to get new new numbers. This week, it's Notre Dame's 18 versus, uh, well, not even. We've already been bumped up to, what, 15 in the uh, AP and uh, USC's 5. But, again, those numbers, are, eh, nobody cares. Wait till the CFP comes out. Let's see. And I, I suspect USC will be 5. Notre Dame will be like 13, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that neighborhood. That'll be fine. It'll be a top 15 matchup most likely in Los Angeles on Saturday night. But before I get into the senior day blizzard domination that was Notre Dame versus Boston College, I got to find my worst offense of the week. And I immediately, as you do, you go to the Big Ten. Especially when you saw the scores. 19 17, 15 14, 17 9, 13 10. <laughs> those, are, those are not awesome scores, guys. And they weren't against like these it was just regular teams. Michigan, Illinois was 19 17. Purdue, Northwestern, 17 9. Wisconsin, Nebraska, 15 14. Iowa, Minnesota, 13 10. And of course, I immediately start with Iowa, Minnesota. Because how could you not? I mean, it's Iowa. But Iowa does Iowa things. They only get like 280 yards of offense and win. You know, it's... I But nothing really jumped out. Nothing was overly pathetic. Good for the Big Ten, I suppose. I mean, there, there was some not greatness. You know, was it, what was it, Wisconsin? No, sorry, Nebraska had 171 yards of total offense. That's not great. But there was one team, and it wasn't because of their numbers. It was just all of it together is going to get they're gonna get the honorable mention. I can't give it flat out to them because some of the numbers just don't say we're bad at offense. However, if you're the Texas A&M Aggies and you're playing one in now ten, one and nine entering the game, UMass, who is not good at football, who has lost to everybody except Stony Brook, and they haven't exactly been playing just these barn burners. They get lost to Tulane by 32, lost to Toledo by 45. Then they beat Stony Brook 20 to 3. Then they lost to Temple, 28-0. Lost to Eastern Michigan. Lost to Liberty, 42-24. Lost to Buffalo, 34-7. Lost to Mexico State. Lost to UConn, 27-10. Then lost to Arkansas State. So UMass comes in 1-10. Only win against Stony Brook by a score of 20-3. Playing the mighty Texas A&M Aggies with the number one recruiting class in the history of recruiting classes. 
And uh, A&M beat them by the same score that they beat Stony Brook. 20-3. A&M was favored by 33.5 points. Funny thing about that is they were favored by a, an amount they have not scored yet this season. The highest point total A&M has put on the board all year was 31 against Sam Houston State. So most points they scored all season. And they were favored by 33 and a half. Not only did they not cover, they were only winning 10 to 3 at the half. And again, the, they had 404 yards of total offense. They ran for 213. But it's UMass. Like, what is happening in College Station? Not that I care or like really looking for an answer. It's hilarious, though. I'm not, I just I was beside myself. I'm like, there's no way this is happening. And I couldn't actually when I saw that it was ten to three was the last time I actually saw the score because I went zero dark thirty because I had my dad's seventieth birthday party deal. So yeah, I didn't even watch the Notre Dame Boston College game till after the fact. I actually watched it during the USC UCLA game, so I didn't see any of that. But I wanted to give A and M the worst offense of the week. Because it's UMass. You want to score 20 points against UMass? <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? That is not awesome. But the worst offense of the week goes to the game we watched, guys. Boston College. Zero points. 173 yards of total offense. 56 yards rushing on 1.6 yards per rush. 9 of 22 passing for 117 yards. I... And you could argue it snowed. Okay. In the third quarter, like you you were doing nothing at the half. At the half, you had a grand total of 48. Like, I don't even know, like 70 yards, I'm guessing. Something like that. Maybe 80 yards of offense. It When it was... It's just cold, and there was no snow. You were god-awful. So, last week, I had to give it to Notre Dame for getting zero points. And, okay, the broadcast kept saying 12 yards. That's because they didn't count the two penalties. You count the penalties, it's two yards of offense. I There's 12 net yards. i got to make it look good. 12 net yards. How about we just be totally blunt about the whole thing? We had two positive yards the whole second half. You can sure cut it with your net net yards. Yeah, two. Two's the number. So they got the worst offense last week. BC, congratulations. You get it this week. No points. Zero. Donuts. And speaking of no points, donuts, let's talk about the game. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. I don't know what there is to say This is new for me, you know. Last year we had Senior Day and we won fifty-five to nothing. Now we won forty-four to nothing, and that's combined ninety-nine to nothing. So Senior Day's been good to the boys, and it feels like each season the seniors are trying to like one up each other. Like last year was like the winningest senior class in the history of Notre Dame, two college football playoffs, all that good stuff. 
this year they're like, that, that's pretty good. Hey, 21 class, that's pretty good. But you know what 22 class did? We've never lost to the ACC. That was not a thing that we did. That never happened. That's pretty awesome. So, each year we're trying to one-up each other. But I, I just, I say this is new. Obviously, I had this podcast last year, and we won 55 nothing. And I don't remember what I said, but I can't imagine it was anything earth-shattering or life-changing. Um, the only thing I can point at in a, come on, what the hell? Jimmy, you're over under 15 and a half passes for Drew Pine. That hit, if you took the over. And it should have never, ever happened. Like, it just shouldn't have. I don't, even in the beginning when he had a stupid glove on and clearly couldn't throw with it, like, I, you can blame the glove. He still had moments of like, there's Drew Pine, another batted ball. He, I think he's trying, at this point, he might as well just try to lead the country in that number. You're just one behind the leader, buddy. You got 11, he's got 12. I don't know how many of his turned into picks, but three of yours have. And we just can't have batted balls. We can't. Like, we can't. Like, you're not even giving the play a chance. That's the problem. So that's the one spot I can kind of pick on Notre Dame for. Time out, guys. I got my son here. No, I'm not done yet. I'm just starting, really. And that interruption was brought to you by Royce Palkovic, seven years old. <laughs> but uh, I can pick on Drupal a little bit. But other than that, like, what is there to you got? Not you could argue, should Angeli have gotten in the game? Probably. But uh, does that mean he like what? What was him getting in the game going to change? Let's think about it that way. It was not... Him handing off, doing nothing, I agree. Why is he not in the game? More importantly, why were the starters in the game so late? That's probably the bigger question, you know? But then we got a clear answer after the fact. He's already played in two, and in the event they need Angeli against USC and the bowl game, you don't want to burn the red shirt. Okay, I guess I can accept that. And at the end of the day, I guess, would him handing off in the snow have made any hill of beans a difference? Probably not. So, just let it run. You could see the the efforts because the game got so out of hand so quickly. Yeah, we went straight down the field, kicked the field goal, and then, boom, Benjamin Morrison interception, touchdown, and what was it, uh, punt, touchdown, and, okay, game over. Like, from that point on, you knew it was on. And then it was a uh, clear effort to get Matt Salerno a touchdown. That's awesome. That's cool. I know we rag on Salerno, but the fact of the matter is any one of us would kill to be Matt Salerno. Let's just call it, I was a receiver. I would love to have been Matt Salerno. Like, let's be honest, okay? Um, didn't love that Matt Salerno uh, fumbled a punt when I returned punts my only year playing college football and... Um, that's a no-no. You don't. If you have to run up that far, it, you let that punt go, especially in the snow. 
Just a weird decision, but whatever. He did have a big punt return. Uh, at one point, I say big, but uh, he tripped himself. That that has to eat him up because he flat out tripped himself. Like I thought, I was like, no way Salerno was going to take this to the house after all the fair catches in his lifetime. This one he's going to take to the house. That would have been awesome on senior day for him. So it was cool for that. Um, <clears throat> the shovel passes to Mayer. Um, that's the safest pass Drew Pine can throw. So off for it. He made an effort to get Mayer to 2,000 yards receiving at home and have a walk off the field because he's not a part of the senior day as a senior, but he's definitely not coming back. So that was a cool moment. Isaiah Foskey, I called it. I called it, guys. I'm like, he's going to break the record. There's no doubt he's going to break the record. And he did. Of course he did. How many times did we sack, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Moorhead, who, he was all right. I mean, four sacks. Okay, that's their average. I call it four sacks a game. That's what we got. Uh, we just, guys, we did so many things right. I mean, you 281 yards rushing, <clears throat> 7.4 yards a carry. We still threw for 156. I just, we threw the ball too much. It wasn't necessary. It just it wasn't. Um, and all of it was to Mayer. You know, it, Salerno had two catches, got the touchdown. Cool. Colsey had a big catch. Uh, Tyree had two for nothing. It was like two screen pass type things. Uh, Thomas had a catch. But Mayer had five for 64. Um, we Running the ball is where we were at. Logan Diggs, 15 carries, 122. Estime, 11 for 71. And by the way, Estime, he's like a he's a snowplow. I saw that reference. He, you know, when he's running, I mean, he's he should play play this in his head. And you know what? Better yet, they should play this through the 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 sound system. Like when Estime gets the ball, it, it should it should go like this, and the handoff to Estime, and he's about to. <laughs> As he's about to make contact, they should just play through the, the system. Somebody once told me that's what he needs to play in his head. They play through the sound system. How awesome would that be? Because when this dude hits a hole, he brings the freaking wood, man. <clears throat> he wants to hit somebody. And bring it. <clears throat> bring it. Just here comes Estime. Somebody once told me. <laughs> That's what I'm going to think now. Every time I see that dude running downhill, all of his brute strength and size just pounding people. He is a snowplow. At the tune of six and a half yards a carry and two touchdowns. Tyree, six carries, 50 yards. A touchdown. Yeah, those dudes, they, come on. Like, if they're, if they're going to do that every week, Sign us up. They have four touchdowns and a total of what? 243 yards rushing? Four touchdowns, 243 on the ground? Okay. Like, that's what we need to do. And I'm not going to preview USC today. That's coming tomorrow. But, um, spoiler, that's going to be a formula for success. And that's what I, I might rip into uh, Reese a little bit. You know, but it... I just don't understand the 25 passes. It, uh, as Jimmy pointed out in the question for the preview, the weather 
included. Yeah, 25 passes just did, it didn't add up to me. It didn't make sense. Um, I did love a lot of things he did, though. We finally saw a variation of the Mitchell Evans t- tight end sneak. Beautiful. Loved it. Awesome. We saw all three running backs on the field at the same time. That was awesome. That was wonderful. You can't do it all the time, but <clears throat> that you got, I forget who, it was a Tyree in motion. Yeah. Yeah, Tyree in motion. Diggs. Yeah, it was Diggs on the uh, his only catch for 28 yards. It was this crisscross, and you fake the. You got Tyree coming on the jet sweep, but then you fake the pitch to Ty, uh, Estime. Diggs coming around, and it's just beautifully done. That's the kind of stuff we need to see with those types of guys. You just. Right? Like, that's what we should be seeing. But there's. There's nothing that stood out. Um, you could argue there were a couple, like, did. Uh, the Boston College running back really catch that pass. Was Pine really short of the first down? Uh, you know, little things here. But you went 44 to nothing. Who cares about that stuff? The defense pitches a shutout. They look great. Jalen Sneed's your leading tackler. Benjamin Mortison has three picks. Foskey gets the sack record. There's... Like, Boston College slash... Correction. Backup college is really bad at football. And who knew backup college there would be so much emphasis on backup? Backup quarterback. Whole the offensive line was backups. Backup college living up to their name of backup. And the reason we had a backup quarterback is because Phil Jerk Ovic, an emphasis on jerk. Um Yeah, man. What's up with uh the see, we win so, by so much we can talk about social media stuff that players put out. You win 44 to nothing. You get to talk about Phil Jerk Ovik. Bro. Come on. Sour grapes? Dude, it's been years. Obviously, you have some some issues. Are you mad that you actually are not as good as you thought you were? I know you've had a couple injuries. Shit happens, man. But face the music. Would you have done it? Anything at Notre Dame? You, like, maybe maybe not, but you thought you were going to greener pastures. And you're going to trash shipping up to Boston? <whistles> not cool, man. But that's okay. There's some good Flogging Molly songs. Doesn't always have to be Dropkick Murphys. We'll throw some Flogging Molly on you. You know, just pick your favorite Irish punk band and we'll jam it down your throat because we're better at football. That's the reason. But he was very sour grapes about the culture and this and that, shipping up to Boston. And you're an idiot, man. You, I didn't have a problem with you leaving. You initially made comments that uh, I can't fault you for for leaving and going somewhere else. It was a done deal, man. It happened. And then you're gonna come with that trash, dude. Be better. That's unfortunate. So now, it, you're not doing anything after Boston College. Come on. You think you're going pro? Like, you, come on. Somebody, I've got a bookmark. Somebody said Phil's going to be a, a fourth-round pick. Maybe fifth. <laughs> Based on what? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my goodness. But the this game was... I, what, like, there's nothing to say. Zay Flowers didn't do anything. 
Zay Flowers coming in clutch with uh, three catches, 46 yards. And, in fact, at one point, the leading receiver for your Boston College Eagles was none other than Benjamin Morrison of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. How does that work? How is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish cornerback your leading receiver? That's right. He, he caught more balls than your team. Got it. Makes sense now. Uh, he's going to be a stud, and it's tremendous because he's not leaving like Mayer and Foskey and some others that I'm spacing on right now. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was a great game all the way around. Me and my dad got to watch it, got to enjoy the crap out of it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, they, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. And when they did pass the ball, we were intercepting the ball. Uh, we got guys on the field that, again, it's a red shirt thing. From what I could tell and what I could read. Because uh, Jalen Sneed was tied for the lead in tackles with J.D. Bertrand with five. And supposedly Sneed was like probably ready to be on the field a couple weeks ago. But you've been seeing him more the last couple weeks because there's only four games left. Including the bowl game. So... Now you can play him, and there's no redshirt concern. Uh, but that's great because he was one of he was probably the top one of the expected top guys out of that recruiting class, and now he's getting his time. Uh, Tui Halamaka getting out there. You just saw a bunch of young guys running around, and it was wonderful. I just I there's not much you can say bad about this game. They, there's it's a it's a fun recap to do because I was watching with my dad I didn't I wasn't able to take my notes like I normally do but there were no notes to take guys that's that was I loved it loved it it's fantastic I got to watch the game with my dad do our father son thing um, and that's that I will say though there was something that came up during the game. And even my dad was like, there's no way. Rewind that. What did that say? And you may have heard other people talking about it. But I'm going to talk about it too. Notre Dame scored 35 points or more in their fifth consecutive game. The only other time that happened in Notre Dame football history was 1943. My dad is 70 years old. He went to Notre Dame, yes, but he was a Notre Dame fan much like a lot of young Catholic kids on the East Coast, he was a huge Notre Dame fan growing up from the time he could watch Notre Dame. So he's been watching them. He was born in 52, so he's watching them in the... Well, the, the, I'm going to sound so idiotic here. Did they have TV in the 50s? I think they did. Televisions existed, right? Well, whenever they had televisions, my dad was front and center watching Notre Dame football. He went to many Notre Dame games. They played on the East Coast a lot. They played in the Philadelphia area, New Jersey, wherever, right? He's been a fan. Even he was like, there's no way. There's no way this is the second time ever, 35 points in five straight games. What makes it even more like befuddling is, real quick, if we score 35 this week, 
it'll be the sixth consecutive game, and that's never happened in Notre Dame football history. So there's that. And then back to what I was about to say is you compound that with with this offense? Like of all the teams Notre Dame has put out in the history of Notre Dame football, this offense, and I realize this offense has gotten a lot of help from Brian Mason and the special teams, which, by the way, no block punt. What are we even doing? What are we doing? I don't understand. It's a, it was the perfect conditions for them to not be moving quick and you just going there and, wah, we didn't do it. Anyway, special teams, defense, obviously you've gotten some help, but at the end of the day, most of your points are going to be scored on the offensive side of the ball. And it helped that today, today, like it happened today, on Saturday, we scored on, was it nine consecutive possessions? Or was it eight? I don't even remember. There was so many. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sorry, eight consecutive possessions. That's crazy. I was probably thinking of South Carolina. They scored on nine of ten against Tennessee. But nonetheless, Notre Dame scores on eight consecutive possessions. But if you think about our team this year, this is the of all the Charlie Weiss offenses that only focused on offense and defense was like wow, guess we got to put eleven guys on that side of the ball, don't we? It was Jimmy Clausen and Golden Tate, and Michael Floyd, all live, live long day, and you had uh, Quinn and Samarja and Stovall, and we had it felt like we had points galore, even Deshaun Kaiser's teams. This was the team. This was the team that is going to set the standard for <laughs> most points uh, scored in a row. Or wow! But my dad was like, he's like, there's no rewind that. What did that say? He was he sat there for a minute. He's a guy who can raffle off scores and remember these statistics and games that obviously predate my existence. But he would. He's quick like that, and he was. There's no way, and and in fact, there is way, because that's a true thing. That's wild. The Drew Pine led offense is gonna go down in the history books as the team has scored the most consecutive games with 35 or more points. Holy smokes! Yeah, man. There's um, as was written on a T-shirt that was on my refrigerator. We came, we played, we kicked their ass. Only the opposite side. And it was more like, they came, we played, we kicked their ass. Because they came to our house, and we sent them packing. We shipped them all the way the fuck back to Boston. Get your bagpipes ready, motherfuckers. Aye. Yeah, so I never really had a strong, like, oh, I don't like Boston College, Holy War, all that, whatnot, 93. Yeah, I never loved them. You know, 93, people don't even talk about 02, where Pat Dillingham, I think it was Pat Dillingham, confident about that. Where was it Lavecchio? Either way, I'm pretty sure it was Dillingham, though. Fumbleitis, and we lose 14-7 to when we're 8-0. But uh, I never had a really strong, like, over-the-top, dislike for Boston College. Probably because they were never that good at football. And they really weren't good this weekend. But with that Phil Jerk 
Kovic, I kind of don't like him that much. Any like I, I've learned in just in one one quick weekend, and nothing was greater than seeing snow angels and snowball fights. Just having a blasty blast out there. That was awesome. So Notre Dame improves to eight and three. We had a possibility of going nine and three this weekend. I will bring a preview tomorrow, and uh, that will probably be a little short too because I'm off tomorrow from work, and I probably will have a son who wants to play more Madden, which I'm fine with. Go Madden. But that's all I got, guys. It's There's not much you can say. We, They came, we played, we kicked their ass. 44 to nothing. That was awesome. We made a count. And we got to make this Saturday count. You'll know more about that tomorrow. But while you're thinking about this Saturday and maybe anticipating my podcast tomorrow, go on to SaturdaysCount.com. Enter promo code ND5. Get your only so many Saturdays. Make them count t-shirt. It's the best tagline in college football because it's so literal. And if Notre Dame wants to keep this role going and the idea that yes we have turned a corner we can beat the good teams let's go out and beat most likely number five usc on saturday night in los angeles that'd be tremendous and if you do like all the stuff i do you can uh go ahead go go throw a like on spotify on apple Podcasts, wherever the heck you get your podcast go like it share it love it leave a review i'll read it i don't care say what you want but you guys know I'll be on Twitter. I'm having fun. Twitter's still having kicking for all you people that thought it was going to shut down. It hasn't yet. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. Love doing this. I will be back tomorrow. Until next time. Go Irish. Five foot nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.